I'm Steve Dunn. I'm delighted to say I'm joined today on the Workday podcast by Stuart Stock, CIO of Veolia UK and Ollie McKenna, CTO and EA of Workday. Today we'll be discussing the role of technology and the technology leader against the backdrop of a global pandemic. Stuart, Ollie, welcome to you both and, and thanks for joining us today. No, thank you for inviting me here. And welcome. Great stuff. Well, I um, wanted to get us started and Stuart, before we kind of get into the, the meaty stuff, if you could just tell us and our audience a little bit about yourself, your background and, and your role at uh, Veolia as well, please. Yeah, sure. So I'm Stuart Stock, Chief Information Officer for one of our zones in Veolia, uh, covering the UK and Ireland uh, region. So I've been with Veolia for 18 years now. Um, actually, my work anniversary was on the 3rd of March, just gone. Um, so yeah, I've been, you know, been here quite a, quite a long time now. So I started as an accountant. Uh, and I moved to data and business intelligence uh, before taking on a wider role in IT about 10 years ago. Um, I was responsible at the time for IT for the whole of the waste division. Um, and then we converged all of our divisions, wastewater and energy, into one uh, Veolia a few years ago. And then I became CIO. Very cool. An IT guy with an accounting background. It's uh, a bit of an unusual one. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Um, yeah. Um, and, and Ollie, could you uh, give our audience a little bit of, about yourself, please? Thanks, Steve. Um, just by, by way of contrast, I, I'm, I am the pure nerd. I, um, my, my career is really goes through computer science. I did computer science degree many, many years ago. And uh, I've worked in the financial services sector and in the, I suppose, HR payroll sector for a long time. I've known Workday for many, many years. I think I first came across Workday in 2007. Um, I then was a competitor of Workday for over five years. And uh, I often met with the European team of Workday and uh, compared what they were doing to what we were doing. And sometimes left those meetings feeling a little bit jealous. Um, from there, I moved on to the insurance sector, and I really loved my time there. I worked with a great company called Unum, and we implemented Workday, and that was a fantastic experience. Um, and I can share some insights from that later on. And then a couple of years ago, I joined Workday in this role of CTO. I'm still trying to figure out just what exactly my job is, but I'm loving it so far. I'm getting, getting to meet lots of companies. And I suppose my job is really to understand what companies need from a technology perspective and to work with our teams to make sure we're delivering that. And also just to help companies understand what we offer. So it's that sort of in-out conversation. Yeah, perfect. You've, uh, you've seen it from, uh, from the full 360. You've had uh, on all sides. Perfect. Well, um, sort of diving in and we can, we can try if we like not to use the, uh, the U word, but uh, it has been an unprecedented time. So we've, we've already done it. So it's been a time like no other. I think we'd all agree. But, you know, one thing it's hard to escape from is that, you know, many businesses during the COVID-19 pandemic um, have kind of been able to push forward with digital acceleration. You know, it's been a, a huge driver. Um, how do you guys see the, the shift towards digital um, during such a challenging period? And, and, and Stuart, I don't know if you'd like to uh, to kick us off. Yeah, sure. I think without doubt, it's 100% speeded up the process of you know, digital adoption. Um, I think the fact that in our own home life, you know, we've switched 
to online shopping, you know, delivery services uh, are now the preferred choice over traveling to a store to pick up something. So I think this has helped with the digital dexterity in our workforce. Um, it's definitely increased and I think people are more accepting to IT solutions and, and change. Uh, and uh, I think that's allowed us to really target some of the mundane processes um, that we have within a business and uh, automating those processes with, with IT solutions to free up that valuable time. And I think it's valuable time that we can then uh, allow those employees to switch to providing our core services and, you know, helping to combat climate change. So I think, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, is a huge testament to that home um you know where, where we've uh, had that that digital um experience at home and we've taken it into the workplace and i think one thing i should mention is uh, with workday uh, on the 7th of april when we go go live uh, it'll it'll be the first time we've actually reached out to all of our operative staff um so there's 9000 employees that we are using uh, the workday application for for them to access their their digital payslip and i think you know, this is an amazing um, sort of milestone for us as a company and it will help support our own drive and sustainability and eliminate paper where we've, uh, where we've now got a digital solution. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely huge. And, uh, you know, to, to, to shift to a, 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 you know, a completely digital model for, for something so important as, as payroll is, is huge. Um, Ollie, for, from your perspective, how, how have you seen this kind of surge towards digital during, uh, during lockdown and beyond? I suppose building what Stu said there and and also I suppose the, the the thing that I stand back and reflect on is that society is phenomenally resilient and we should compliment ourselves and our colleagues for you know what's been a, a really an amazing transformation. I just saw there this morning the, the Irish government, the you know, the issue there, the growth projections, and they're projecting to grow, the Irish economy is projecting to grow 3.1% um, this year, which is just amazing whenever you think of what um, has happened and, and the significant change. Um, as Stu mentioned, you know, people are working from home, they're buying from home, they're, you know, it's been a, a huge change and, and and humankind has really been amazing in how we've embraced and, and, and adapted to that. I suppose bringing it closer to, to what I do and, and what, what Stu do, does every day, um, it, it brings new responsibilities to us because as people, as individuals, we are very, um, uh, you know, comfortable in, in, in all sorts of, of digital commerce and our employees' expectations will be rising all the time as to what is the new norm and what people expect. So as, as, a, as a senior person in Workday, you know, that, that's a great um, um, you know, target for us to, to continually to be ahead of the game and to help to make sure that the platform is giving people what they need um, and keeping up with some of the best competitors in, in Amazons or, or uh, ASOS or whoever it is that you buy from. And, and how do we provide that sort of similar experience to, to people and in, in how they do their work? So it's, it's, been, a, it's been an amazing time. And, and as an IT person, I mentioned at the start, I am a nerd. It really has shown the power of technology. And I think uh, things are probably going to continue to accelerate from here. I don't see it slowing down. 
Yeah, no, hugely interesting perspectives for, for, from both. And I think we, we can't really talk about, you know, working from home and this this, this shift to, to remote working without talking about the cloud, you know, given what yeah. we, we do as a business, but also just generally, right? Because, you know, we've spoken to customers and some other experts on the podcast who've, who've really talked about how cloud-ready businesses, if you want to call them that, for want of a better word, those that have moved away from on-premise have, have handled the pandemic better than those who who weren't in the cloud. So, you know, how important is cloud computing and, and everything that that brings in, in helping organizations firstly pivot to change, but but also operate with with more agility? And Ollie, I don't know if you want to uh, get us started on that one. Yeah, I suppose by cloud, I, I, I it, no, I, I meet with companies all the time and I met with a company there last week and you know, they, they're typical of many companies I deal with. So they, most corporations now have a cloud of cloud infrastructure. So they have Salesforce, they have Workday, they have Office 365, they might have Google Docs, they might have ServiceNow, they might have. So they have a number of cloud-based service providers. And, and modern IT is very much understanding what those various vendors bring to the table and how to get the best solution from the combined total of all those capabilities for their customers and for their employees. Um, so you're looking for um, capability that's going to continue to advance um, and cloud is great for that. You know, you can upgrade easily. Um, many of us have come through the, the legacy upgrade problem and that, that's probably given me all my gray hair here. Um, but but the so the flexibility and adaptability of the platform is something that we talk a lot about. But what the hell does that mean? You know, so that means that whenever we get hit with something like COVID, you can you can change processes, you can shift around your model without having to reprogram everything. And that's really the power of cloud. It it really it really is it is the um, I say it's essential really for modern companies to have that flexible, adaptable. Um, user-centric platform that you can weld together different components to create new solutions and new operations for your company. And that's that's really what I see cloud bringing to us um, in, in the day's world. Yeah. Stuart, I don't know how, how you feel about that from, a, you know, from the, the perspective of the pandemic and, and how, how cloud uh, really helped organizations there. And, and just more broadly, what do you think about cloud from an agility perspective? Yeah, I think... For me, uh, the cloud's absolutely fundamental and instrumental to our wider strategy. So in 2018, we set off on a, 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 a strategy to transform the business. And it was a three year plan that we put together and we termed it the, the digital summit. And uh, along the route to the digital summit, we set a milestone to move to the cloud and remediate all of our applications or legacy applications to SaaS and PaaS uh, type solutions. Um, you know, and this was with the vision to allow our workforce to work securely anywhere, anytime on any, on any device. And, uh, you know, obviously we started this work quite early before the pandemic. Um, when the pandemic came, unfortunately, we had a couple of applications, um, legacy applications that were on premise. And we had to wrap them in an app streaming service. Uh, um, these are the applications that Workday's replacing when when we roll that out for finance and, and HR. So, you know, they, they, they'll be gone. Um, and then, you know, at some point later this year, um, we'll be able to close down our, our data center. So, you know, the, um, I think this is absolutely 
key and when the when the lockdown was announced and the work from home instruction was announced as well on that same day we sent all 4000 of our workers home including our customer service teams uh, and you know the the tele telephone um setup as well so i think that in itself demonstrates how agile you can be if you're a cloud ready business yeah i mean that's uh... That's, that's the kind of thing we're, we're hearing time and time again from, from uh, guests on the show and, and, and other experts. It's, it's hugely interesting. I think get, getting into the role of CIO stroke CTO for a second, we, we've heard for a long time from the analyst community and others about kind of the, the changing nature of, of, that, of those roles. W- what are you kind of doing differently in your capacities today than, than maybe even a few years ago? And obviously, Stuart, you talked about you're from an accounting background anyway, but what are the kind of the skill sets? What are the things that you're kind of bolstering, both of you, to kind of uh, change how you're working and how you're operating and the value that you provide to the business? And Stuart, you can you can give it a start if you like. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'd say uh, in terms of what we're doing differently today, I think we've incorporated this culture of learn it all uh, across the team. So, you know, IT was very much, or it was with Infiolia, you know, uh, very much, a, a, you know, the, the people uh, used to have a know-it-all sort of philosophy and with cloud and, and SaaS uh, past products and solutions, we need to have that continuous learning approach. And so that's why we brought this, this learn it all approach into, into the team. I think for me, um, the technology and the capabilities of the team are really at the stage where, you know, it's a bit cliche, but we're at that stage of the art of, of the possible. And I think I would say because of that, prioritization is probably my, my hardest um, sort of uh, thing I have to I have to do on a, on a daily basis. And that's because we are a team now that can and is already, but can become even more so uh, as as a department that's central to business innovation. But obviously with that, you know, the the greatest challenge we all face as as CIOs is is resources in terms of people and funding. So I always have to make sure, you know, with constant collaboration and cooperation with the business that we're working on the right projects uh, all the time. In terms of how the role's developing, I think, Keeping the lights on is becoming easier, and therefore we can turn ourselves to to innovation, uh, or turn our attention to innovation. And this means, again, as a department, we can become really embedded within operations and you know the customer uh, in the customer facing environment as well. So we're involved in you know in projects now where the the team is blended between IT, OT, and operations. And uh, I think going forward, there'll be a real crossover of, of skills on both sides, which will allow us to move faster on projects uh, because everyone will have that joint understanding and responsibility for them as well. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I think, you know, the, the, the days of IT being a, a bit of a dark art in a, in, a, in a darkened room at the back of the business are, are kind of changing into that kind of morphing into that customer-facing role that you were talking about and being uh, being increasingly strategic. Um, Ollie, any, any any thoughts on that from you about kind of how the role is changing and what you're what you're doing to evolve? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stu mentioned a couple of things there that I, I, I fundamentally agree with. I think the, the focus is not so much on keeping the lights on anymore, 
Um, I think the keeping up is a bigger job now than it was because the speed of acceleration from technology companies like Workday, but not just Workday, but from technology companies right across the world is phenomenal. And, and it's great, but it's, you know, it's, it's a big meal that you really have to be ready to, to participate in. Um, I, you know, we all have our own um, view on the role of a CIO, but my, my thoughts of the role is it's quite an entrepreneurial role now. It, it can be, you know, you're really, you're looking at new business opportunities and how, how to uh, leverage tech to realize those business opportunities. And I would say it's quite a leadership opportunity for CIOs. I think CIOs are, are in a great place. Um, and, I, and so that would be where I would um, look at the role. It, it's a, it's, no, it's a full of opportunity because the, the wealth and the, the, the richness of tech solutions coming up is just, just incredible. And it's going to accelerate more and more, I think. And so then the, the CIO to rethink about the business and to how do you harness the power of all this tech uh, capability. Um, the cloud certainly is a big, big enabler of all of that. Uh, I think partnerships is really important. Um, I certainly know that when I talk to customers, I love to hear problems. It's not from a sales perspective. I'm not, I don't, I don't care about that really, but it's more about the more we understand about problems that people have, then we can pull uh, components from our, our repertoire that might be relevant that we hadn't thought of before. So it's, um, I see it as a great, great opportunity. I have, I have grown up kids. I've spent most of my life trying to persuade them to get into software and they've all pretty much refused that. But I do think there's a great opportunity just for the software world going forward. Yeah, you, uh, and you touched on, on it there, really, which I was kind of leads into my next question. It's almost like we planned it, but <laughs> the uh, the topic around kind of C-suite collaboration and, and yeah. partnerships with other um, with other leaders that always seems to come up as a really high priority when we we talk to CIOs. I mean, from your yeah, you touched on it there, Ollie, but yeah. from you know, do you see great collaboration between IT and other areas of the business? Is that how it's working out? And how do you actually, what are the dynamics and how do you go about being more collaborative? Because it's a word that gets thrown around, right? So, um, Ollie, I don't know if you've got more on that or... Yeah, I suppose the... Um, if you look at what's happened in the last year, well, before this, there was already a, quite a bit of conversation about digital transformation. That, that was already happening. Mm. Um, I came from the insurance sector. In the insurance sector, a company I came from was a 140 years old company, a very successful company, but was being faced with new um, upstart, um, small, nimble organizations coming out with a particular um, insurance offering that you know, threatened to erode some of our marketplace. And, and we needed to respond to that. And I think companies all over the world were seeing that, that happening. Then, as we said, many times the uh, pandemic has really accelerated that. And boards and CEOs are now looking to the tech team for ideas. And I think that, that's great. That's sort of what I just said a few moments ago. But look at looking to the, the tech team for ideas. But the tech team, you know, it depends on the personality or the, the, the people that are involved. But, you know, in an insurance business, you know, there's a lot of insurance stuff you have to learn. And in, in, in every sector where it's retail or banking or whatever you're in, you, you really need to understand the business. So they're really powerful person, I think, at the present time who can combine the combination of, of tech and business ideas or can build that uh, collegiate team of executives to really drive forward and to 
um, harness the power of all our skills and abilities. So I think I think the CIO has got a great, great opportunity to be that person, to be sort of the orchestrator of the future. Yeah, that's a, that's a word that comes up quite a lot, doesn't it? The uh, the orchestrator, the, the mm. in, in terms of uh, bringing it all together and kind yeah. of tech being a central component. Yeah. So yeah, um, Stuart, how did, how's your business partnership going? How does how do things work at Veolia, and uh, yeah, how do you push that forward? Oh, it's very similar to what was just being said there. Uh, so we have a a team that I think's already got a very close working relationship with uh, my C-suite colleagues. So you know we created a, a digital uh, transformation team that's dedicated for the different divisions we have uh, within the business. They are embedded within operations and they work on digital solutioning and engagement uh, directly with operational staff and our customers and, and clients as well. So I think it's important as an IT department to have the same vision uh, as, as the business and therefore we've aligned our own objectives uh, with our operational colleagues. So for example, the team behind our online sales tool that, that we've uh, gone live with over the last few months, we've set them exactly the same sales targets as the marketing department have. So aligning those goals and objectives, I think is key to ensure everyone's working towards the same vision and it helps with that prioritization of projects I was talking about earlier as well. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm, I'm probably kind of jumping back a little bit here, but I was really intrigued at the way you talked about it. We're obviously, we jumping back to the pandemic a little bit to, to the kind of first lockdown. You know, a lot of companies had to move virtually their entire employee base back to home workers overnight. Um, Thinking about that from how that actually worked for, for, for your guys, Stuart, how, how did you kind of do that from an IT perspective? I know it's a pretty complex question, but um, how did that kind of come together and how difficult was it? I don't think it was as, as that difficult. As I said earlier, you know, we kicked off our uh, digital transformation or digital journey a few years ago. So when lockdown came, we only had a few applications to wrap in an app streaming service. Uh, so you know, in terms of IT, it wasn't it wasn't that difficult um, to to implement and you know to overnight say to the four and a half or four thousand employees we have working in offices, you know, tomorrow you are you are working from home and the offices are are closed. So I don't think it was difficult from from that perspective at all. Um, I think probably the, the the social dynamics probably been been the hardest thing in in terms of um you know the the home working and and the acceptance of it and the acceptance of of some people having to work you know in a in a home life where they're balancing not only the 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 work and and but also you know the children who were sent home from school as well and and had homeschooling so i think that was probably the the bigger challenge than the it one for us yeah it's um it's an interesting dynamic, and I think my kind of follow-on question from it is: is I'd love to get both of your perspectives on it because we're, you know, on one hand we're hearing people like, um, well, we won't we're going to brand details, but some organisations suggesting that that's it, you know, all of their workers will now be working from home forever, and then we've got a, a really well-known building society in the UK for one who said that, you know, that nobody will be going back to, to the uh, to the office. So. You know, how do you how do you guys see you know the, the future of work? Is it home? Is it office? Is it going to be a hybrid model? And um, where are we going to be working when it when it all 
when we get back to, to some form of normal. Ollie, do you want to start us on that one? Yeah, um, I, 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 first of all, I think the IT community, the people who look after all our PCs and, and networks and, and access, they've done a great job. They really have. You know, it, it, it has been seamless. And Workday is a 10, 12,000 employee company now. Like it's been, it's been no big deal to work from home and it's really fantastic. So congrats to my colleagues who really have enabled that. Um, as a platform, our customers just went and worked from home as if they were in the office, but that's the, the wonderful thing about Loud is that was, that was no big deal. Uh, so that was really, really good. From a personal perspective, I'd have to say I don't miss the travel, um, but I do miss the human contact. And, you know, so... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this question and, and we, we've had this conversation internally about what we're going to do. Um, so we do hear from lots of our employees that they would like to have some element of working from home. Um, and we've sort of set out a target that you would be in the office for approximately 60% of your time, depending on roles and so on. And, and I think that's probably a quite a good uh, model or give people maybe a bit of authority and, and, and responsibility to, to manage their own time, but have an expectation that we get people together for round half of the time to innovate and chat together and brainstorm together and build those relationships and those things, which I think makes, makes work fun and makes work more fulfilling. This is great and this is good, but it would be much better if we could, after this conversation, go for a coffee or a pint or something. And, and, and you miss that, or I certainly miss that. Um, so so it, it's, that, it's that combination, I think, um, I'd love to see. And um, so maybe cut back on the travel. The travel is a bit of a pain in the butt for all of us, but cut back on the travel a bit. But at the same time, it's important to have those face-to-face -face meetings with your colleagues and with your customers. Yeah, couldn't agree more, especially the part about the pint. That was uh, the most interesting <laughs> thing, but looking forward to the uh, the social element coming back. And um, and Stuart, from your perspective, um, you think we're going to see, you know, a continued sort of hybrid model? Is it going to be a mixture? Yeah, absolutely agree. Again, with what was being said, I think it will be pure hybrid. I think there's a time and a place for face-to-face -face meetings and, and going into the office. And I think it's important to, to keep that dynamic, not just for social interaction, but um you know those, those situations where you need to spin up a war room for a last minute push on a on a project or you need an innovation day with your team to whiteboard and and generate ideas so i i don't think these uh you know situations like that are as impactful when they're done digitally so if you combine that that office work with a home a work from home policy i think that's uh, probably the most compelling um, sort of situation for our employees and potential employees going forward as well. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine it's going to be something of a, for organizations particularly, you know, who have the, the capability to operate in the cloud and who are can operate efficiently remotely. I'd imagine it's going to be quite a, um, a competitive advantage when they're trying to recruit um, yeah. their workforce, yeah. right? Because people are going to want that flexibility. And if you can't offer that, um, that could be uh, potentially challenging, couldn't it? Absolutely agree. I think you'd be at a disadvantage if, if you don't have that offering uh, for, for for the workforce going forward. Yeah. Um, shifting gears slightly, um, you know, automation, machine learning, kind of two of the, the, the buzzwords, but beyond buzzwords, actually, you know, really important components and, and important trends that we saw emerging from the pandemic, you know, companies 
really embracing transformation, as we've already talked about. How do you see the emergence of you know automation and machine learning, how they're starting to move into mainstream business now uh, and, and how they're going to impact IT and uh, the broader business in the future? Oli, do you want to um, start us on that one? Yeah, you're 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 right in your your sentiment there, Steve. You know, it, it is it's here. It's it's not it's not um, a, a something that's out there. I think any of us that are using Gmail know it's 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 automatically finishing our sentences for us um, all the time. Uh, sometimes fixing my spelling mistakes and so on. Um, but as um, as an organization, Workday I'd say was quite early onto the machine learning um, initiative and, and really saw the opportunity there. Um, and Neil Butchery, our, our, our CEO, has really been a, a, a campaigner around machine learning for, for some time. And and the thing I would say is, first of all, it, it's hard. You know, it, it is, it's, it's difficult. It requires specialized skills and knowledge to create a machine learning machine. Um, and Workday has been working hard on that over the last number of years. And I think now we have you know, 20 to 30 different models built up around uh, skills, around talent, around job, around finances, around expenses, invoicing, and so on. And they're fantastic. And, and I suppose, what's the relevance of those things? So what? And I suppose the relevance is to help people to be more productive, to help people to wade through the volumes of data that are coming at us. And it's supposed to help people to be to, to get a better experience and, 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 and make better decisions in their work life. And that's what the whole thing is about, that automation and machine learning. You know, the, the purpose is not automation and machine learning for its own right, but it's to help the, the person who's, who's looking after invoicing or the person who's doing recruitment or whatever, just to manage the volumes of information that's coming at us now and to make better decisions and to, to streamline that process. Um, and when you look at the, 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 the literally the billions of transactions that are processed in the, the Workday machine every day, well, then, then you just see you've got you know, machine learning and automation is an essential component of our architecture. Um, so I think, again, I've said this a few times, but we've really only began the journey of what's possible there. We focus very much on the machine learning and we're trying to really build valuable solutions for our customers. But we also want to do it in a way that is that is non-biased, that is credible, that is traceable, that is governable. All those things that are very important from the human side of it. Um, so it's a big, it's a big, big job. Many companies are interested in it, but it requires a, a big investment of infrastructure and people. And so that's where I think partnerships with, with some of the cloud companies like ourselves really brings um, ML and, and automation to companies as something that they can consume quite easily. Yeah, I think you 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 were right in the money in terms of two things that really caught my attention. You said the first is that, you know, don't just do it for the sake of it. There's got to be a yeah. fundamental reason for doing it. And the yeah, the, the other element of that is that it, it's an evolution. It's not something that you just suddenly switch on um, overnight. It, it takes a, it takes time and it takes, yes. um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a real evolutionary journey. Um, Stuart, from your perspective, I don't know kind of how deep you guys are in, with, with machine learning, but um, are you kind of starting to take the, the first steps or are you uh, uh, quite advanced in terms of that? Yeah, so I I think both trends have been in the making for longer than the pandemic, that's for sure. And for, for us, uh, you know, automation and, and machine learning are, you know, some of the, some of the, 
areas where we want to, as I said earlier, to remove those non-value-added activities that take up, you know, the, the valuable time of, of our employees. Um, you know, as Ollie was saying earlier, you know, this is to allow them to to make better decisions as as well. And you know, they should be concentrating. You know, our workforce should be concentrating on on tasks and and decisions and general work that can't be automated. Uh, so, you know, we have a number of different examples of of what of uh, machine learning models we've built. Uh, we have one around uh, sort of suggest suggesting to our customer service teams the propensity for one of our customers to churn or to to leave us, uh, which is you know taking in about fifty different data sets from from our systems um, into a machine learning model that we then. We then um, calculate this propensity score, and, and uh, you know any sales rep or or customer service agent can can see that. So, you know that's just one example of of what we're doing. And I think you know these are um, for me, you know uh, they're so key in terms of how we uh, compete as well, because our competitors they can implement the same software as us. But it's how you use that data and what you do in terms of machine learning that really differentiates us. I think it's our intellectual property, um, and that's important uh, for our customers, but also our staff as well. Because, you know, if you're automating those mundane tasks, you know, you're making their work experience, um, you know, a richer experience. And I think that's key for retention and attraction as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's particularly the use case. It's uh, it's amazing how many uh, you know, how many sort of use cases have come out since the, the start of the pandemic of people really getting to grips with um, you know not just automation but with machine learning. So that's that's very cool that you're getting such value out of it um, mm. across the business. Um, wrapping up on on what's been from my perspective a, a really interesting conversation. So I really appreciate your time, guys. And if you if you both look at your to-do list or, or dare I say, you know, the what's keeping you awake at night list. What are the key things that, that you're focusing on in this uh, kind of post-pandemic period that we're about to um, about to enter? And, and, and Stuart, you can uh, wrap us up on that one if you want. Yeah, I think in terms of keeping me awake at night, uh, cybersecurity <laughs> for obvious <laughs> reasons, and I'm sure that's the same for every CIO out there. So I don't need to elaborate on that, but uh, yeah, that that's always the one that, that keeps me awake. But in terms of, you know, on the to-do list, we, you know, I'm absolutely at the point where I want to um, continue our journey in terms of automation and, and building up that intellectual property I was talking about earlier with more machine learning models to differentiate ourselves from the competition. I think as part of that, you know, the, the expansion and the capture of additional data into our data platform, again, is another uh, key topic um, where we're going to push even even further on in, in, in this year and, and beyond. And, you know, that helps us as an organization to make better decisions because we've got more insight into into the, the situations we're looking at. Um, and that's particularly useful for an organization like us you know we've got 14,000 employees you know we've got uh you know we're a resourcing company that spans across energy water and, and waste um, we touch millions of of homes with with our services and i think our operational data 
is is absolutely key um, to help us build out that wider picture of of what uh, solutions and services we have out there. And as part of that, I said earlier, you know, the the final milestone I'm so keen to achieve this year and and tick off is uh, closing down our, our co-located data center. So you know, we are fully public cloud and we can be agile and innovative and and deliver you know more s solutions to continue to drive that um, vision and purpose to be the leader in ecological transformation well that's quite the to-do list for the rest of the year so uh, <laughs> thanks to keep you busy yep <laughs> perfect and uh, and ollie what's um what's on your um, wish list to do list for the rest of uh, 2021 well mine is definitely not as ambitious as Stu's is that that's a hell of a list there Stu so uh, fair play to you yeah. um, I suppose I, I'm I'm I, I'm standing back and maybe some of the things that we've chatted about but it's really to uh, I suppose help work to understand how our customers or potential customers um, how technology can 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 uh, can be of value to the to the customer. Um, that's certainly top of my to-do list. And I suppose it's also to help customers understand how they can tap into these uh, components, keep agile, keep fast, keep employee-centric, that good or experience, but keep it simple. It's very hard to keep things simple. And uh, so to try and, and to keep it simple, Stu, you mentioned there about getting more insights, the data, um, you know, being able to configure and rechange processes, all, all that type of stuff. Um, and I suppose our job as, as leaders in technology is how do you keep this whole thing simple as well as being a flexible, agile, and probably a big thing on a personal level is just the continuous personal learning. It is a very uh, important criteria for all of us to stay up with, with just what's going on and uh, and, and where the, the latest inventions and, and ideas are coming from because there's just such a rich, rich abundance out there. It's a really, really important thing to do. That's uh, that's that's perfect and a great way to uh, to wrap things up. I, um, that's that's all we have time for for today. I want to thank Stuart Stock from Veolia UK and Ollie McKenna from Workday for joining me on the Workday podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can hear more on Spotify and SoundCloud, or you can check us out at blogs.workday.com. See you next time. Bye.